Amen and amen. You may be seated. Cody, I wasn't going to forget you in announcements. You weren't here last week, so I couldn't call you out, but Cody had a birthday Thursday, right? All right. Happy birthday, Cody. Good to see you, brother. Plenty of helpers in junior church today. <laughs> it's good to see a good group of young kids. Open God's words with me, if you would, today to Acts chapter 16. So we've been going. We know that 13 and 14 were Paul and Barnabas' first missionary journey into Asia Minor to the area of Galatia. Verse 15, or chapter 15, we had the Jerusalem Council, and that was necessary because after Paul and Barnabas returned to Antioch and gave their report, one of the Pharisees said, Wait a minute, guys, they got to be circumcised, Gentiles have to be circumcised in order to be saved. And we know that that's not right. We know that salvation. Is through, by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. We've used the equation God plus nothing equals everything. Anything that needed to be done for our salvation, Jesus Christ did. There is nothing that we can do for it. Let's say one of the Pharisees in chapter 15, verse 1 said, some men came down from Judea and began teaching the brethren, unless you're circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And we went through the council and talked about all the discussions they had. And at the end, that James made the declaration that, that we're going to go with the word of God. It's basically, it's already been decided. There's nothing for us to decide, but we're going to put it in written words. And then two men... Verse uh, 32 of chapter 15, Judas and Silas were chosen, excuse me, to take the written word and to preach the word back to the church in Antioch. And we're going to see that, well, we did see last week that, that Silas was picked by, by Paul to continue on the journey with him. And so he was able to take the letter that was written by James in the church in Jerusalem after the council to to make it very clear and, and so that there would be no confusion whatsoever that circumcision and other things were not necessary for salvation. That it was through Jesus Christ and him alone. Last week we, we did the last few verses in chapter 15 and the first five of 16. We talked about the, the disagreement between Baal and Barnabas. They're ready to set out on a second missionary journey. And Barnabas wants to bring his nephew, John Mark, again. Paul says, no, he left us once. We're not taking him. And it got to the point that they, they were angry at each other. It wasn't just a, a casual disagreement. Uh, there was contention there. Um, and and just, to, just to show that even, even as we, we would declare these guys the, the big guys in the, in, the, in the Hall of Fame as far as 
the, the Christian faith is concerned. And even these guys had disagreements. Everything wasn't perfect. Uh, I don't know if they had an HR office back then, but you know, most of them might have filed a grievance or a complaint here with the other. But Barnabas took his, took his nephew John Mark with him and went back to Cyprus. We know that they had family there. Go ahead, Stephen, if you want to flip our map up there. No, that's kind of, see, see, I'll need to sit in the front row here so you can see the map better. Um, we, we know that Barnabas, this time, they leave the church here in Antioch, and they're, they're coming back to Cyprus. They're, they're going to strengthen the brothers. They're going to take the message from the Jerusalem Council to clarify. And then up here, uh, Paul and Silas leave Antioch, and this time they go by land, and they come to the churches kind of in reverse order. Uh, they go to Derby and Lystra, then Iconium, Antioch, and, and we're going to follow them from, from there today. Um, but they, they are going back out to, to spread the word, but they, Paul and Barnabas have split for the time being and gone their own separate ways. Uh, the first few verses of 16, uh, when, when Paul and Silas uh, come to List, Derby and Lystra, they find a young man named Timothy. And, and the, the, the reputation that Timothy had, the, the, his, his spiritual maturity and the growth and the, the years that uh, Paul and Barnabas, since they had started the church and returned to Antioch, the, this man has grown in the, in the word and in the ministry. And, and Paul says, hey, I want to take this guy. He's, he's strong in the faith and, and we're going to mentor him and, and develop him and bring him along. So now we get to verse 6. Um, well, at the end of that, let me start in verse 5 there. So the churches were being strengthened in the faith, and they were increasing in their number daily. Uh, verse 6, they passed through, and, and who are we talking now? As, as they passed, we're talking Paul and Silas, and now they have Timothy with them. So right now there's, there's three travelers uh, on this part of the mission trip. They passed through Pergian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Okay, folks, this, you, you see the region of Asia right here. It's not what we think of Asia today in the, the, the Far East, but Asia was one of the colonies of the Roman Empire, and it, it included this area down here that it's kind of, they, they kind of did funny shapes. I mean, you know, nothing square or anything. Um, but the Holy Spirit forbid them to go into this area, and it's interesting because there's a, a, a city in here called Thyatira. It's one of the seven churches we read about in Revelation, but we're going to learn a little bit more about Thyatira as, as we go on today. The message today is, has a lot of information. Um, there, there's not a lot of preaching going on, um, so I don't want you to get lost in the facts and in everything. Um, Two, two things we need to, to know uh, when we leave here today, and I want you to leave, leave you with and, and have you thinking about. Uh, these, these are the two main points sandwiched in with all the, the facts and information. Jesus Christ is the only way, is the only name whereby we must be saved. <coughs> it's going to be one of those days. <coughs> Excuse me. And the Holy Spirit guides in our lives. They've already seen it here. The Holy Spirit, (coughs) 
does not permit them to go into Asia. So then they, they head on their journey up here to Bithynia. And they say, well, if the Holy Spirit doesn't want us here, they're, they're leaving Antioch here, so they can't go this way, so they'll go this way. And the Holy Spirit doesn't permit them to go to Bithynia. We don't know what that looked like or how that was communicated. But these were men who wanted to carry. If you go back to chapter 13, when they started on their first missionary journey, they were busy in the church fasting, preaching and encouraging one another, and being led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit called them out, and the church said, Okay, the Holy Spirit's calling you out. We're going to send you on this journey. These are guys that are used to hearing from the Holy Spirit and living in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so whatever means God's Spirit used, it was very obvious that that door was shut to Asia and that that door was shut to Bithynia. I'll I'll tell you, the one one time in my life, and and you, you say, you know, you, you can't, stuff like that doesn't happen to Baptists. You, that's, you, can't, you can't do that, Pastor. We were, we, before we came here, we were, we were in um, Hancock. And I had been asked to be the director of the Life Out, or the, the Love, Love Inc., Love in the Name of Christ, uh, in the Houghton area. And they, they were at a time where they were kind of small in numbers so they weren't really active and so I had plenty of time to pray about it and think about it and, and a year had gone by and there was no board yet uh, re, recon, confirm, reconvened uh, to, to make it go and, and so they, they got a couple new board members we went in sat down had a meeting with them and they said well well, John we need to know it's, we've given you plenty of time we've given you a year we're ready to get this thing rolling again we need your answer I said, guys, for the last year, I've been praying about this. I don't know. I haven't gotten a yes or a no. I said, so if you're ready to move forward now, I said, you need to ask the Lord to give me an answer, a very clear and distinct answer. The next morning, I got up out of bed, and and it's kind of funny. We had an old mining house, and um, on my the, our, our bedroom floor was kind of like this. And I was on this side, and when I got out of bed in the morning, if I wasn't real careful, I could have rolled right into the closet. But the next morning, I woke up, and I sat up in bed, and just had this really strange sense that there was a shut door right there. And as I stood up, it was like I could feel that I was hitting it. And I was like, thank you, Lord. I know you don't want that door open to me right now. And, and you say, whoa, that's, that's pretty weird, Pastor. What did you eat for dinner the night before? <laughs> but God will make himself very clear to you in, in, in very clear ways that, that may not make sense to somebody else. And so however he did it, with these guys traveling, they, they were sensitive to it. It, it may not have had to have been a physical door for them. As sensitive as they were to the leading of the Holy Spirit and as, as used to being led by the Holy Spirit as they were, it was very obvious to them that they were not to go there. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians, where Dan read this morning.
1 Corinthians chapter 2. That's why I like not having one of those mics on my face. (laughs) He stopped reading at verse 13, because that's where I asked him to stop. But I want to read 14, 15, and 16. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises or examines all things, yet he himself is appraised by no man. Verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he should instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Almost sounds a little bit like Philippians 2. That we are to have the mind of Christ. But if you recall, and and you can look back in a few verses above that, uh, 9, 10, 11, and 12. The, the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit in, in his intimate knowledge and understanding of who God is and God's thoughts. So it makes sense that we should listen. If, if we want the direction of God, is that we listen to the Holy Spirit and, and what he has a message for us, the message that he has for us that he wants us to live out. And it's, and it's very clear that the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to give understanding. And, a, and a, a person that does not know God is, is going to think that the scriptures are foolishness. That it, it, it's nonsense. Because there's stuff in there that, according to our minds, really doesn't make any sense. But unless the Holy Spirit is opening our eyes and giving us understanding is going to be nonsense. But once we yield to the Holy Spirit, accept the work that Jesus Christ did for us, and the Holy Spirit is free to work in our lives and gives us that understanding and comprehension. Back to Acts 16. Verse 7, uh, When they had come to Mysia, they were going into Bithynia, the Spirit did not permit them the second time. And passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas, which is down here on the, close to the coast there. And uh, they're going to catch a boat. And, and they traveled by boat 150 miles in two days. And evidently that was good time because the next time they make this trip in the opposite direction, they, they had non-favorable winds and it took them five days to make the same trip so maybe the holy spirit was blowing the sails a little bit i don't know because because they were going in the direction they were told to go they were following the holy spirit's leading and they're in they they arrive in troas now that that's a lot of miles if you're traveling from antioch here that's that's several that's a several hundred mile journey so there's no doubt in my mind that they're, they're wore out. Verse 9, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and a certain man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him, and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. 
And when he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. (laughs) There's some silly speculation out there over the years that 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 man might have been, that the man that Paul saw in his vision might have been Alexander the Great, might, might have been Luke, and it's like, whoo, where did that come from? And, and they, if, if, you, if you look at the history and that, you, can, they, you know, they have their reasoning and their thought. It doesn't really matter. Uh, one of the curiosities is that in his vision, he sees a man in Macedonia saying, come. Uh, we believe Luke was from Macedonia, was from Philippi. We'll see that in a couple minutes, too. Some say that it might have been Luke that was in that vision. Um, but he's, he's, he just met Luke in Troas here. We'll look at the word in verse 10 there. Luke is the author of the book of Acts. We know that. When he had seen the vision immediately, we, and, it, and it's the first time in, in Acts that the, the, that the pronoun goes to we, so now Luke is including them, so now there's four. We got Paul and Silas, we have Timothy, and now Luke is with them because the author is saying we. We sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. It's interesting that in his vision he saw a man, but when they get to Philippi, their ministry is to a group of women. The importance of of women in the church. Um, There's a... Um, well, I'm just skipping all over. We got to get we got to get to Philippi first, okay? So they 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 have the vision, um, and the group of them, the four of them, concluding that God called us to preach the gospel. The four of them got together and and said, okay, he um, Paul had this dream. That God, the Holy Spirit shut this door. He shut that door. Here we are. Now we have a a, a dream, and the the man in Macedonia saying is come. And so the, these, you know, the, the, the importance of, of uh, spiritual counsel, of, of spiritual uh, leaders to, to come alongside. That, and, and Dick and I know this, and, and we're always pleading for more, more elders and deacons, is, is that it shouldn't be, all the decisions and things shouldn't be done by one or two. Um, there, there, there is wisdom and strength in numbers. And, and the more spiritual uh, men in leadership positions um, the, the better the decisions can be made. Um, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that, that Dick sees things I don't. And, and lacking other men, my wife sees things that I don't. In, in, in the way to, to administer certain things and to do things. And, and to her it's common sense, but it's, to me it's like, wow, I should have known that. I, I, I didn't even think of that. But that, 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 that insight is good. And, and so here, we, they're, they're experiencing this right here, is, is that there's more than one man making the decision, and, and they, they have the spiritual conversation and, and with Paul's vision saying, come, after this door shut and this door shut, come this way. It, it seems like a simple, logical decision, but, but Paul just didn't make it on his own. They discussed it as a group and said, yeah, we, we believe that the Lord is leading us there. So they hop on a boat from Troas. Um, let me see if I'm going get to get the little island right. Samothrace. On the following day, they went to Neapolis, which is the, the coastal town uh, about 10 miles south of Philippi. Then they take the 10-mile hike up to Philippi. 
and, and for, the, for the, the title of our message today, The Spirit Guides, um, it's, it's very evident and obvious that, that the Spirit is guiding the ministry, uh, the missions trip of, of where to go and where not to go. They, they didn't have it all laid out when they left Antioch. They, they didn't know where the Holy Spirit was going to lead them. They, they were just going. We always talk about how it's easier to change the direction if a boat is moving uh, the little, a real little rudder can, can change the direction. Um, if you're sitting in a car and, and you're just sitting there and you turn the wheel and you're in dirt, you can see the, the it'll dig up the dirt and, and you've got to kind of crank on it. But if the car is moving even just a little bit, it's so much easier to change the direction. And these, these fellows were moving through the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit so that, that when he said no here, no there, they, that they were moving in the right direction and they knew where to go. It wasn't a difficult thing. And, and so they, they put out to sea in, in verse 11. They ran a straight course to Samothrace on the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. We were staying in this city for some days, and on the Sabbath day, we went outside. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. So Luke, Luke is writing. He, he is now part of the group. In verse 10, he says, we. And so now he's back home, basically, in Philippi, and, and he's bragging about his city. What a great city it is that it's the, the, kind of the capital of the province. And, and a Roman colony was... The, all, all the Roman territory was not necessarily a Roman colony. A Roman colony was a special uh, declaration by the Caesar that the people there uh, received special uh, privileges and rights. Uh, usually it, was, it would be some uh, retiring soldiers, those that were loyal to Caesar, and they would be des given this area and designated a colony. And, and, for their, and, and it was obviously well away from Rome. And so to keep, the, to keep the empire solid and safe and, and loyal to Rome, they would set up these colonies here and there. And these men would, and would, would be given tax-free status, and, and they were basically the rulers or the governors of these, these colonies. And this was a colony, and Philip, Philip, or Luke was proud that, that this great city was his hometown. And so they arrive in, in Philippi, and, and then in verse 13, on the Sabbath, we went outside to the gate to the riverside where we were supposing that they had a place of prayer, and we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. Why wasn't there, in, in so many places, uh, uh, dotting across Asia Minor, we, we know that there, there was a synagogue in Antioch, and we know that there was one in Iconium. Uh, Philippi is a pretty major city. Why, why isn't there a synagogue there? Not enough Jewish men. Had to have at least 10 Jewish men to have a synagogue. And the rabbis in Jerusalem, their, their, their thought was, we would rather burn the law than hand it over to women. They, they would not hand the scrolls of the law over to women. So it's one of the importance of of Christianity in the, the ministry and the work. Um, I, I know our daughter was involved in a ministry, uh, Beauty from Ashes. And, and the, the group teams of ladies would travel around to different countries around the world where um, women are treated as property or less 
where they have no value. And they, they would teach them, and, and from God's perspective, that, that they are daughters of the king, that they are, are, are princesses, that, that they are not, not in the Disney sense. Uh, don't, don't go there with your mind, okay? But, but to, to, to be a daughter of the king, they have value. They have worth. They're, they're not rubbish. They're not property. They're not something to be walked on. And so in the Jewish religion, the rabbis thought nothing of women. They, they, they wouldn't even hand over copies of the scripture to them. But that's why there's no, that's why there's no synagogue here in Philippi. However, we see as we look in verse 14 that a certain woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, and there's that Thyatira, which is in that region of Asia, which is where they were told not to go to, but they're reaching essentially into Asia by reaching this woman that's from there. She's from Thyatira. That's not the important part of this verse, though. The important part is, is that she was a worshiper of God. Here was a group of women that, even though they weren't Jews, she, she, she was not a Jew, okay? She's from Thyatira. She's a Gentile. What we call a proselyte. She, she, wanted, she, she wanted to follow the God of the Jewish people. She was a seeker. She, she was looking. She was yearning for a relationship with God. Okay, so, so she was listening, but she wasn't a believer at this point. Get ready. The Lord opened her heart. Proverbs 21.1. The, the heart of the king is like channels of water, and the Lord turns it wherever he wants to. We do not save people. We can give them the gospel. We can bring them the word of God. It's the Holy Spirit and God's ministry and work to save them. We teach them the word. The Lord opened her heart and responded to the things spoken by Paul. And it's interesting, the, the Greek word, and I'm not going to try to say it, but the Greek word there for spoken is not the word for preaching. They were, they were sitting on the bank next to the river, having conversation, and that word spoken there means personal conversation. Just, just in, in the, the conversation that came up to talk about God. He wasn't standing in front of a big group of people preaching. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump to my, my conclusion so I can tie this in here. W.A. Criswell says, Real worship in a real church is where God dwells and where the Spirit moves. A spiritual church is one that has recognized and accepted the responsibility for souls, for lives, for homes, and for families. Now, what, what's the video that we always watch? The church is not a building. So who is the church? What is the church? You are the church. As followers of Jesus Christ, you are the church. So with that in mind, listen to this, this quote again. Real worship in a real church, in you, not in here, in you, 
Real worship in a real church is where God dwells and where the Spirit moves. Is God dwelling and the Spirit moving in your heart? A spiritual church is one that has recognized and accepted the responsibility for souls, for lives, for homes, for families. Have we accepted that responsibility? Have you accepted that responsibility for your neighbor? For the people you meet in the grocery store? For the people you work next to and rub shoulders with? Have you, uh, we, you know, uh, a spiritual church, it's each one of us. And we are not, you are not a spiritual church, we are not a spiritual church unless we have recognized and accepted the responsibility for souls, lives, homes, and families. Paul accepted that responsibility for Lydia and sitting on the bank of the river, he is talking to her casually, not preaching, but talking to her about God, sharing his faith, sharing that God died for you it's what he did for you. It's only his name that you can, through his name, that you can receive salvation. So the Lord opened her heart and responded to the things spoken by Paul. It's our job to share the message. It's God's responsibility to open hearts and change hearts and move hearts. And he does that through his Holy Spirit. Verse 15, when she and her household had been baptized, she urged, okay, three instances that we have in Acts of baptism, family, familial type baptisms, is when Peter talked to, or um, Philip talked to the Ethiopian eunuch, this one here, and then later on in this chapter, um, yeah, hopefully we'll get there next week, the Philippian jailer. And we'll, 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 we'll address that next week. Hopefully we'll have more time then. She urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful in the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. She was very insistent. She, she, she was already a, a Christ seeker, wanted, wanted to know the truth. And when the Lord opened her heart, she knew and understood that she needed to open her home. Now, if you remember back, remember our other missionary team down in Cyprus right now? We got Barnabas and, and John Mark. John Mark's mother was Mary, who had the large house in Jerusalem where the church met there. She, she was a wealthy woman. And God blessed her, and so she, she knew that it was God's. It wasn't her house, it was God's. So she made it a meeting place for the people. I don't think that the rabbis or the Pharisees would have had much to say about that. At least not anything positive. But here we are in Philippi. The message and the word of God has come to this woman. And she's a wealthy woman. She opens her house to the ministry of the word. She prevailed upon she was She, she didn't take it casually. She, she was insistent. You guys will meet here. This house is open to you. And we move on. There, there's, there's um, I need to refer to my notes more often. I miss my points. There, were, there was three. There was three converts that, that Luke tells us about here. And the first one's Lydia. Then, then we're going to have the young slave girl who is possessed by a demon. And, and then next week we're going to look at the Philippian jailer. 
and, and the, the, the differences in these three people's lives and their status in society and, and who and what they were is just amazing. And, and the idea Luke wants, wants us to see that, that the Holy Spirit ministers across all of, of society, all scopes, men, women, poor, rich, wealthy, um, those in, in positions of authority, and those who are absolutely nothing for society. 16 to, to 18, it happened as we were going to the place of prayer that a certain slave girl, having a spirit of divination, met us, was bringing her masters much profit by fortune-telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bond servants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days. Well, she's telling the truth. What's wrong with that, Paul? Why are you getting upset? Let me ask you this. Does Satan ever lie? Okay. But, but, if, he, if, but if he can tell you uh, uh, something that's true, then, then you'll believe him, right? And you'll, you'll start believing what he says. So then when he tells you a lie, you'll believe it because he already told you the truth. That's why Paul was upset. He did not want the devil to be able to affect their ministry. Through, through this girl saying, people, look, these, these are from the Most High God. The next, tomorrow, the devil can use her to tell a lie, but people are going to believe it because she told the truth yesterday. And Paul did not want that demonic influence hanging over their ministry. So following after Paul, she kept crying out. Uh, verse 18, she continued doing this, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. He, just, just as we've seen so often in the book of Acts, it's in the name of Jesus Christ. People are saved. People were healed. The layman in the temple. They're healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And one time they did it and didn't proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. It caused some real issues. We looked at that a couple months ago. He did not, Paul did not want the ministry of God's word and God's ministry to be besmirched by the, by the demonic relationship that this girl had with Satan. That's why he didn't want it to go on. Even though she was telling the truth that day, he didn't want it to be an influence, didn't want it to keep going on. But then her masters, verse 19, saw that their hope of profit was gone. They seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, these men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews and we are proclaiming customs which is not lawful for us to accept or to observe, being Romans. And the crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. <laughs> Little did he know what was coming. The Holy Spirit was still working. 
just because something negative is happening to them and their bodies doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's not at work because the Holy Spirit is still working. It's, it's funny because the, the Philippian owners of this young slave girl didn't tell the magistrates the truth. They didn't tell the magistrates, we're really mad at this guy because we lost all of our resource here, our, our money. We're not going to be able to make any more money off this girl. No. They didn't, tell them, they didn't tell the truth. They said, these guys are here stirring up and, and trying to tell us stuff that's not Romanesque. They're, they're trying to tell us Jewish stuff. We don't want to hear their Jewish stuff. They're stirring up trouble. We want to hear the Romanesque stuff. Well, of course, that's what the magistrate wants to hear. Not that ever any attorney has ever said something just because that's what they thought the judge wanted to hear. Sure, that's never happened before. She was exploited. This, the poor slave girl was exploited by her owners. And in the name of Jesus, she is freed from spiritual and physical bondage. And, and, it, and, and the, the scripture here doesn't tell us, but we know from some of the church father's writings that the that the young lady became a part of the church in Philippi. That's the, that's the Jewish tradition in their history anyhow, was that because she was freed from the demonic power, she was freed in Jesus' name, that she became a Jesus follower. Whether that's true or not, we don't know. That's Jewish writings, Jewish history, but... Um, that wouldn't be a big stretch to believe that. It wouldn't be a, a stretch or difficult to believe that someone freed from that demonic possession would experience the joy and the, the peace and the love of Jesus Christ in their hearts and in their lives. So, salvation is only through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit will guide and work in your life. You get a time this afternoon, sit down again and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the whole chapter. It's only 16 verses. But understand and, and know the, the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I'll leave you with that quote again. Real worship in a real church is where God dwells and where the Spirit moves. <clears throat> A spiritual church is one that has recognized, I should say, spiritual, because we're all part of, we're, we're part of the church if we know Jesus. So I don't want to say individuals because that leaves out the idea of the group, the gathering. But a spiritual church is one that has recognized and accepted the responsibility for souls, for lives, for homes, and for families. Go ahead and bow your, bow your heads and close your eyes, if you would. Is where God dwells and where the Spirit moves. Close your eyes, if you would.
Are you a spiritual church? Ask yourself that question this week in your quiet time with the Lord. Lord, does it bother me that my, savior, that my neighbor is dying and going to hell because they don't know you? Does that bother you? Do I even know my neighbor? Ask the Holy Spirit to move in your life. To give, to give you that love for your Savior, but to also give you that love for your neighbor. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the witness of Luke, writing of the missionary trip of Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke to continue to spread the gospel and for the first time into Europe. Thank you for your word, the, the joy that it can bring us to, to see you working with Father, the joy and the peace that we can have in our lives if we'll allow you to work in our hearts. I pray that each one of us would become a spiritual church. That we would have a heart for those around us. Thank you for your word, Father, and thank you for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.